Hello and welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by two fantastic guests all the way from Miami, Florida. We have the co-director and producer, Victoria Collado, and the writer and producer, Vanessa Garcia, who are with Abre Camino Collective, and they are a part of Zoetic Stage and Adriana Arsh Center's presentation of Hashtag Grace, which is in collaboration with Abre Camino Collective. This is playing May 5th through the 21st at Adrian Arsh Center. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting www.arshcenter.org. And that's A-R-S-H-T. But with that, why don't we go ahead and bring our guests on, Victoria Collado and Vanessa Garcia. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for for having us. I am so excited to be talking to you about this new show you have, Hashtag Graced. It's going to be great. It's amazing. So why don't we jump into that with Vanessa? You are the writer. Can you tell us a little bit about this show? Yeah. So basically, it's a road trip play. So it is a woman getting in an RV and trying to discover what it means to be American right now. And she happens to be a Latinx woman and she picks up an ex-nun and a non-binary teen. And there's a lot of 21st century America happening on stage and a sort of coming to terms also with the personal life of this particular character named Catherine. So that's the sort of gist. But road trip play, woman at the helm, and she's Latinx. Wow. That certainly sounds like a very timely work. I want to stick with you for a moment and just ask, where did you come up with the idea for this show? Well, this show has sort of been brewing since around 2007. It's kind of crazy how long it takes for things to happen. But in around 2007, 2008, I wanted to hit the road and figure out what it meant to be American and what voices weren't being represented and what what it meant to be American at that particular moment. There was this Nobel Prize, like I forgot his name, but it was one of the judges essentially for the Nobel Prize. And he said there was no such thing as American literature at the moment. And American literature just didn't compete with with the with, on a global stage, and there was no conversation. And I was like, that is just not true. And we're also not listening to everything that's coming out of the United States. So that sort of triggered this whole thing. And then, you know, we've been going through a lot in the last couple of years. So I've kept reworking this thing. And because I didn't actually couldn't actually go on the road myself at that moment, I put a character on the road. And that's how hashtag Grace started. At first, it was called it's been through through a bunch of development. And in earlier phases, it was called Grace sponsored by Monteverde, which is a moonshine that inside the play actually sponsors her journey. (laughs) So there's a little bit of background. I love that. Now, let me bring in Victoria Collado here. You're the co-director in this. I want to find out what has it been like developing this show? Well, I think that one of my favorite things has been that I remember when I first listened to Grace, Grace back when it was Grace sponsored by Monteverde. It was the first time that I had heard a character that I felt so like, I was like, oh, she totally wrote me. Like, I'm like, (laughs) if it hadn't been 2007, I'm like, Vanessa, you just wrote my life. So it was like, 
there was this special identifying piece of seeing myself in cat, which happens a lot with, I, I will say that actresses that have come to audition or have read the piece before for uh, readings, there is this sort of like this click that this play has had that I don't, I haven't seen just yet. And I do a lot of Latinx work. So I can tell you that there's something special about this. And so in the development, the other director, Sarah Hughes, who comes from a very New England background, it's kind of been great to work together and kind of see these two perspectives because the character is Cuban-American. So I bring all the Cuban-American mindset and all of that background where Sarah brings her world of America and we kind of blend it together. So it's been a fun process watching Vanessa trim the piece down. Also, she does something brilliant with this piece, which is going to be super exciting once it's like ready for licensing. She has separated the piece into posts, like actual Instagram posts, pixels, which are the scenes that influence the post and then light, which is like kind of the, the most internal, the, the actual source of why these characters do what they do. And when it's ready for licensing and all of that, Vanessa's kind of putting it on the directors, whoever's taking this on, to put the pieces together however they see fit in that moment for their personal production, which is so exciting because I don't know if we should be trusted that much as directors to mess with format, but it's one of my favorite things as of Vanessa as a writer. She's always pushing forward, not just the stories that haven't been told, but how we tell stories and what the American theater folklore can look like. I feel like we've been a little bit stagnant lately on like how stories should be told. And she kind of breaks that constantly. So it's super exciting. Very cool. Oh, I love all that. I love the the build of the show too. That's unique. Vanessa, let me yeah. ask you and, and ask you, what has it been like developing the show? Yeah. So I'll say, you know, it's had a long history. Early on, I developed it with a, there was a reading at a place called Thinking Cap Theater in Florida, and then WP in New York took it on for, I, we were both actually, Victoria and I were in the lab, but that's actually where I met Sarah, Sarah Hughes, and Sarah Hughes really came into helping develop this piece a lot, along with Alyssa Simmons, which is a producer also. So that all happened at WP for a good year. We were really working like from the inside out, breaking it apart, putting it back together again. And then that was supposed to premiere in 2020 in May, I think it was, so or March or something like that. I don't know if it was March, April, now I can't remember. But the point is, we all know what happened in March and April of 2020. So that came crashing down. And I kept working on the play and so did Sarah in the sense of we threw it online. And since it had so many elements of social media incorporated, we said, okay, let's make this a social media play, which WP helped with for, for a bit. And we, we threw it out there. We saw what that could do. There's a bunch of handles on Instagram right now that you could sort of find the history of, which are, you know, at cat sponsored by Monteverde, uh, at Monteverde Moonshine. We can, we can say all these later, but there's all these fun things that exist out there. And then there was another development that happened, which was the Playwright Development Program in Miami, of which I'm an alum. We got the ability to do a Zoom reading of something. And so I said, okay, let's do this. And that's when Vicky came in and also Zoetic Stage, because my dramaturg was actually one of the the founders and the, the core folks of Zoetic Stage, which is Michael McKeever. And one thing leads to the other. And then we get this world premiere at, at Zoetic Stage. So all to say, long development life. <laughs> but, the, but this character has grown with every, I feel like 
with every year that has passed, with everything that has happened to us as, as Americans, with everything that has, you know, happened to us as Cuban Americans and Argentinian Americans and Uruguayan Americans. I say that because all these people are in this piece and sort of gathered by the piece. And so, and also what social media has been doing and the roles that has played in elections, our lives, our decisions, our, our everything for good or bad, you know, ill will or not, or all of those things. They're all in it. And I think that that has all been sort of the grace of hashtag grace in the sense of like picking up this engine of development that that I've been lucky enough to have. So long journey, but a good one. Love all that. Wow. Wow. What a great team to have. And just listening to that. What is the message or thought you're hoping the audience will take away from the show? And Vanessa, if I can stick with you first on that. I think right now, the there's two messages, I think. And I, it's hard to say message because I think the whole point of this thing is to think for yourself. So I, I kind of want to avoid saying, here's what you should think when I'm saying think for yourself. <laughs> so I think it, you know, it cracks that nut of we're living in the space of extremism and have lost nuance and gray. And we've lost the center somehow. But I really do believe that unlike, you know, it, perhaps, you know, Joan Didion's vision of, of somewhere along the 60s and 70s where the center couldn't hold. I really do believe we can hold. The center can hold if we really put our, our energy and our thoughts and our and our thinking inside uh, of, of what is existing right now in this country. And I, I hope that people leave with that, with that center, you know, and that they're looking at it. I, I feel fine if people feel conflicted about the central character, Catherine, and about many of the characters. That's, that's part of this journey, you know, but that center is what I want, really, from this piece. Wonderful. And Victoria, as the uh, co-director, what about you? What is the message or thought you're hoping people will take away? Well, I mean, I think it's, <laughs> I feel similar to Vanessa to be like, think this while also think for yourself. But what I will say, and, and something that I've grasped with the play that is something that I feel is at the at the heart of it is the play itself. Every character in the play is, is in a mode of transition, literally, because they are moving through America. Um, some are transitioning, like there's just everybody's in a moment of, I don't know what's coming next, but I must move forward. And I think that that's such a wonderful metaphor for where we are in America and the understanding that these are actually the most important choices we make right now, right? Like, I think that the play does a good job at just really amplifying and making sure like every choice you make in this moment defines your future. So don't be quick. Don't be hasty. Just consider everything before you make a choice and and. I mean, when you come see the show, you see how what certain choices that lead character has made, all of them have made that have led to some some exciting, I'm gonna say exciting to not give anything away, exciting outcomes. But it's it's a piece that that like Vanessa said, there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of what I love about it is that it forces the audience to pick who their favorite is or to love them all or to hate them all. There is no like this is the person you have to love. It's it's constantly asking you to bring yourself and your own opinions. And I hope people have tons of discussions afterwards and are just like, no, I think Kat is a mess. And then somebody is like, no, I love her. Like just all of that. That's what should be happening and, and getting people to engage with each other in healthy debate. Yes. Oh, love those two answers. Love those two ideas. 
Final question for the first part of this interview. Who do you hope have access to the show? And Victoria, if I can start with you on that. I personally, this is like the bad answer that no marketing or PR team would ever want to hear, which is like everyone. But I, if I could pick like perfect audiences every night, to me, it would be a good diverse crowd from different financial backgrounds, from different cultural backgrounds that are all in the space at the same time, meaning like that there is, that America is represented in those spaces because I think that that's the whole point of the play, right? There's no, there is this sort of like, let's all come to the table and let's all make these choices together. So that's, that's kind of like, I guess that my answer is like, I want an utterly diverse crowd every single night. I love that though. Vanessa, what about you? Who do you hope have access? I mean, I think the thing that I would add to that is that people that this is also may sound like why you're saying this, but people that don't usually go to the theater. So in other words, you know, sometimes we have this idea of what theater is and it stops people from going. And it might be because of, you know, what they saw once or twice or what they some image or what has been presented. And I hope that people that have never been to the theater go to see this show. I hope that people that have been once and are like, I don't know, and and they go and, and something happens. I hope that. I, I really love that idea. So I hope it happens. And I feel like that's a goal that both Vicky and I have and that we've talked with Zoetic about because we're really interested in bringing people to the theater that are not, you know, used to coming. And whether it's, you know, the theater's fault or whoever's, it doesn't matter. Like at this point, let's open the door. And yeah, I think also, you know, the Zoetic and the people who have taken a chance on this piece, because this isn't a piece that like follows a regular line of, of narrative, it follows a hashtag. You know what I mean? That's the idea. You're following a hashtag to understand a narrative, to understand how we receive information. That all is kind of new and cracking some kind of nuts. So I hope we do that also with audiences and, and that, you know, there are also age differences in the audience and there's Gen Zers and also like, you know, boomers. <laughs> so like all of that in, in the audience. I'm somewhere in the middle. I want to switch things up now and I want to ask some questions about your own experience in the theater. I want to start by asking you to what playwrights, composers, or shows inspire you or do you love? And Vanessa, is it okay if I start with you on that? Yes. So I like, I hate this question and love this question, you know, because basically I'm taking in whatever's in the particular moment of my life that is what is happening to me and so it is a consistently changing answer right now all things this is bizarre now things all things peter pan are in my mind because the central character this is like a roundabout thing that happens you know the central character her her mother is a, a Pedro Pan, what we call a Pedro Pan, which is one of the, a child of, of an exodus from Cuba that existed, like unaccompanied youth 
from Cuba in the 60s that were called Pedro Pans, Peter Pans, right? And like, why were they called that? So then I went into this thing of reading all Peter Pan and researching all of that sort of thing. So that's in my head, as are all things, you know, Cuban American, and then things like, you know, Jose Marti, which is Cuban patriot poet, but also, you know, like a writer and politician, like, what does that mean to have that that dual voice, all those kinds of, of voices really, really interest me in terms of like, what does it mean to to make change and also do it from the arts. My favorite writer or my, my most influential writer of all time, I would say is Reynaldo Arenas, which is also a Cuban writer and films made about his life was um, Before Night Falls. So that's just a little bit, you know, there, there's tons more and I could like keep going, but that's what comes to my floods to my brain at the, this moment might be different, you know, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> we'll check back in tomorrow for the next list. <laughs> Victoria, what about you? I think lately I'm, I'm, I've been kind of really following the track of people like obviously Vanessa, but I, I, I that's cheating because I work with Vanessa every day. But other than Vanessa, I would say that I'm following a lot Guadalice del Carmen, who has Bees and Honey coming out soon, which has been years. I remember hearing that play like a long time ago, like the soul project, which is some, they inspire me a lot. I will say that the soul project has been a project that is supposed to end at some point, but they've been pushing for regional theaters and theaters across America, putting more Latinx, Latine content out there, like uh, making sure that there, that there's a space for, for that content. And Guadalice del Carmen is, is doing such like Dominican work which I think is something that I identify with because we do such Cuban work <laughs> that just watching someone just really live in their space. And so Bees and Honey, I remember hearing it and I was like, oh my God, this is just so real. Like this is real. This is them. So I'm excited for them. And, and, and actually a person that I love a lot and went to college with Maribel Martinez is actually going to be in it. So that's kind of like what's exciting me right now. I'm trying to think what was the last musical that I watched, but I can't even, it's not, it's not, it's, I've flooded with so many things. <laughs> well, that is a good lead into my next question. Have either of you seen any great theater that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Can I say just what, I don't know if this is this question or the, the previous question, but I have been working with a group of playwrights down here that city theater in Miami, that city theater is, I would say, sort of incubating, and they're called Homegrown. It's it's a program called Homegrown. And there's a group of playwrights that are making amazing work. And every time I go and listen to those pieces and work with them, I get very, very, very excited about the future. I also had a lot of fun on Broadway recently seeing A Beautiful Noise, just because I love Neil Diamond, but that's a sidebar. <laughs> Let's see. What else have I seen recently? I feel like, what did we just see, Vicky? We've seen so much stuff. We've seen, that's what I'm telling you. I feel like half of it it's is like- all weird. in my head, like going together. But anyway, those are the, like, the things that come to my mind. And I really want to say that like, just like emotionally, the thing that came up was this homegrown program in like run by City Theater from, the, from these kids that are doing, not kids, they're all ages, but like emerging playwrights that are just making exciting work you know and it's all starting and bubbling and they're all it's all BIPOC writers so the subject matter is just like 
these stories, you know, the the sort of like impetus was like right about Miami, but it's in Miami that nobody knows and that nobody's heard of. It's like going to see Moonlight. You know what I mean? It's like it's just not it's not what you think of. So that that excites me a lot. And I guess, I mean, recommend to watch. I think I would I would recommend Sancocho. I'm obviously like on this like tip, <laughs> but, but I would recommend to see Sancocho directed by Rebecca Martinez, who is also in our cohort for WP Theater. I also recommend watching anything Estefania Fadul does <laughs> because she's a fantastic director. And she's recently now the ensemble studio theaters, our new co-artistic director. So I, I would keep a, a look, an eye on that, follow the Latinx Playwright Center because they're pushing a lot. Like they're, they're, they're actually making a lot of fantastic work that's getting out there and they're, they're on the rise. And I think that now's a good moment for people to watch these new versions of stories that are kind of amazing and, and from people from various backgrounds. It's amazing. Yes, 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 yes. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Victoria, I'm going to hit you first for that one. I, you know, not to bring it totally back to grace, but back to grace. Something that happens that I love is when the ensemble starts to click together. And when everybody starts working and, and the other day we had, it, it's like our first week of rehearsal. It was the first day that we were back in the space together. We had done like Zoom workshops and we got back into the space and you know, Vanessa and I usually like we, t- we took a second, we stayed back. And when we got downstairs, they were all waiting for us. And they were all just like already doing the cast thing, you know, the, the, like, we're, we're becoming buddies, the, the good juju of theater. And I think that that's my favorite thing is just gathering people together to make something. And you have like, you, you spend this chapter of time of your life with these people. And then all of a sudden they become your family for the rest of of eternity. So that's, I think that's my favorite part of working in the theater. Yes. Yes. Vanessa, how about you? Absolutely. I mean, there's just a vibration that happens when you're in a room with a bunch of people that are like, you hear all their brain wires sort of crossing and then match it with their heart wires. And then all of a sudden there's this this vibe that happens in a room. That's really, really, really awesome. I love working inside of that. Like I love doing the edits and the cuts and the additions and like inside of that space, you know, it's so different than writing a novel where you're like by yourself for a long time, but then you throw it to someone. And then, you know, it's, it's very different than having all that energy around you, literally around you while you're writing and while you're editing and while you're excavating a thing and coming to an idea and like, that that kind of noise, and I say that in a good way, around me while I'm doing that is super exciting and is one of the most exciting things and the most thrilling things that I do. And I feel like that's, you know, that's the theater. And then you do that all over again when you show it to people and, and you know, the audience becomes that. And then there's a whole other different vibration. It becomes sort of scary, exciting again and sort of over and over again. So that that community is is just that is just in the theater. Well, as our listeners know, we've now arrived at my favorite question, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? And I'm going to go with Vanessa first on this. Okay. I'm going to tell you the first one that came to my head. I have a couple. But the one I was like, here are these three things. I'm going to grab this one, okay? So this one is, there was this one moment where we were... Actually, Vicky and I creating the Empire Experience, 
with a group of other people that were just are phenomenal humans that are our our friends and are part of our company. I was it was very very early on, and we were making this moment that eventually we called the the raft scene. It was this moment of community where people are all huddled together. It was an immersive piece, and I was standing back for a moment, and I just like was able to take in what was happening and what had been happening for about a week at that time. And I was like, oh my God, this is, I never want to leave this again because I was like, this is what it means to find your people. This is what people have been talking about. This is what it means to like easily communicate in a room for people to understand you, for people to listen to you. And actually just like, you don't even have to just explain so much. It's just like, click, 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 let's move. Let's tell the story. Let's tell the story. Let's tell the story from a real place. And you don't even have to say that because that's what's actually happening in the room. And it was such, it was such freaking magic and such peace. There was such peace in that moment that I was like, I don't ever want to not be here. You know what I mean? Again, because I had been not there and having to fight for a particular story or fight for a particular thing. And it was just this, it was, it was like just the most amazing moment. I love that. Wow. Wow. Victoria, what about you? It, it's funny because it's it's similar, it, meaning it's, I think that it's fair to say that Amparo was, there was like a before Amparo in our world and, and an after. And I think that my favorite moment was actually a pretty sad one. But what, after the show, there was this place that we called the Rum Garden where people could go and hang out and talk to each other. And it was actually the place where we could just talk to people. And the story takes, you know, the story is about, it, it's about this family that started the Havana Club Rum and basically taking them through the Cuban revolution. But being in Miami, there's a lot of Cuban refugees. There's a lot of people who live through that. And there was a scene that was in a jail cell where one of, one of the prisoners gets killed. And I was with a lady who was a political prisoner and her daughter. And for some reason, I just like was next to them throughout the rest of the show. This was like towards the end of the show. I was next to them throughout the whole show. And the lady was just like this, like strong, like she was just stern. And her daughter's just like crying and crying and crying and crying. And she's like, this is exactly how it was. This is exactly how it was. This is exactly how it was. And so I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? We keep going through the experience. The experience ends. I find them outside. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I like held your hand and I did all these things. I just like, I just felt so connected to you. And I watched that woman tell her daughter for the first time what it was like to be a political prisoner. And I felt like I shouldn't have been there. Like I was like a fly on the wall for a second, but I I understood palpably what the power of theater does because that story had never been told. And if it weren't for that moment triggering it, that story might've never, meaning that connection between mother and daughter might've not happened. And it just, there was, there was like the sense of healing. And so like Vanessa, I was like, I never want to make anything ever again that doesn't have this sort of effect of people, like that doesn't 
actually make us better or open us up to have whatever courage we need to do have in our lives. Like I, I, this is the way to do it. And this is why we're theater artists. I think that's why we all want to be theater artists, actually, for the most part. Maybe there's people who don't want that. They want to distract people and that's fine too. But this sort of like heart to heart, I think that's why theater makers are theater makers. Wow. Wow. What an incredible memory. What what incredible memories from both of you. Thank you so much for sharing those. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for this time. This has been like a fun little trip down memory lane. <laughs> Are there any other projects or productions that either of you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug? There are. So yeah. there's Graced. And then let's go through chronological order. So there's Graced. Then I'm directing Native Gardens over at Gable Stage. And then Vanessa has... And- and then I have a world premiere of another show called Jenna and the Whale in Austin, Texas at the Ground Floor Theater. And then I have the second production in one year, which is crazy, of a show that I co-wrote with Richard Blanco. Oh, I should say that the previous show, Jenna and the Whale, I co-wrote with Jake Klein. And then this in the November of this year, it'll be the second production of a show that had its premiere earlier this year in Portland, Maine called Sweet Goats and Blueberry Senoritas, which I co-wrote with Richard Blanco, who was Obama's inaugural poet and who has been amazing to work with and a beautiful human. So that's at Actors Playhouse in Miami. So lots of things happening. (laughs) Wow, I love it. Staying busy, yes. Well, finally, if our listeners want more information about Hashtag Graced or about either of you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Sure. So you can follow at Graced Play and at Aure Camino Collective. And also at Vanessa Garcia Writer. And you could say yours. (laughs) And at It's Vicky Lean. (laughs) I-T-S-V-I-C-K-Y-L-I-N. We also have websites. You know. <laughs> we also have websites, uh www.vanessagarcia.org and victoriacoyada.com uh, and abrecaminocollective.com. <laughs> Victoria Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me today, sharing this incredible work that listen I, I might just have to get on an airplane and fly down to Miami and check I, out this amazing work because it sounds incredible. It sounds I think you need to come. Incredible. I think both of you need to like fly down, have a Miami weekend with us. Just I saying. Mean, don't don't have some have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your memories, and this incredible play. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. My guests today have been the co-director and producer, Victoria Collado, and the writer and producer, Vanessa Garcia, who are a part of Abre Camino Collective. And they are also with Zoetic Stage and Adrian Arsh Center's presentation of Hashtag Raced in collaboration with Abre Camino Collective, which is being presented May 5th through the 21st at the Adrian Arsh Center. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting www.arshcenter.org. 
We're going to have the myriad of contact information, websites, links, all of that posted in our episode description, as well as on our social media. But if you are in the Miami area or you need a vacation to the Miami area or you just need a vacation, we've got a great location for you in the month of May and a great show to take in while you're at it. It's hashtag graced. Check it out playing May 5th through the 21st. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.